Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right. We are in the saddle, ready to go. Stacy is here at my side. We're ready to talk a little bit about the Bible. It's particularly kind of a special broadcast this evening. We're not covering specific passages of the Bible, uh, and I'll explain that in a moment, but uh, we'll be talking about the Bible itself. We've got several ideas in mind. We In our broadcast this last week, we put on the podcast a series of, um, not lectures, a <laughs> series of programs based on the idea of the Bible. I, essentially, on Monday night, we talked about the uniqueness of the Bible, how unique this book is that we have, that you have, that all of us have uh, in our homes and, uh, you know. And online. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> the, you know, we, this book, the Bible that everybody talks about, we, we've got it. So we want to talk about the uniqueness of that book and so that you would understand and appreciate that. There's, it really is an astounding uh, book that we have. And then we, uh, if we could only find it, right? <laughs> if we could only, where did I put it last? I, maybe I have some dust on it, but uh, hopefully you're reading that Bible and, and, uh, and gleaning some it. of the and benefit. And listening to it. Yeah, and listening <laughs> to it on the Bible Live, yeah. We read it to you every year. Uh, so we have, we're going to talk about the uniqueness of the Bible. We're going to talk about the historical reliability of the Bible. That was the theme of the program on Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to talk about how do we know the Bible is true and accurate, and that Bible that you do have in your home, uh, on your desk, or wherever it is, is it accurate? Is it, you know, what you're reading, is it what Paul wrote? Is it what Moses wrote uh, those thousands of years ago? And, and how, why do we think the Bible is reliable, the text that we have today is reliable and, and, and accurate? Uh, and then we're going to talk about the inspiration, or we did talk about the inspiration of the Bible on Wednesday night. How do we know not only is the Bible reliable in its text and historically accurate uh, in its transmission to us, but how do we know and on what basis do we believe it to be supernatural, uh, that it is God's Word, inspired, uh, meaning God-breathed? So is, why do we believe that the Bible is supernatural in its sourcing and then uh, we introduced on Thursday night a few themes of Bible study methods. Just for some of you who may be young in, in the Lord, you may be new believers and just starting out or in studying the Scriptures, and we're going to give you some ideas about some different ways you can study the Bible. Uh, I used to help people set up a Bible study file in their homes with the three-drawer file, and, the, <laughs> and, the, and, and you could use these and set them up. So we're going to talk about different ways to study the Bible. And finally, we're going to try to dip into the imaginary world of what if the Bible were never written? What if we didn't have this book? So it's going to give us a chance to examine a little bit the 
the the influence the Bible has on human lives, on families, on communities, on uh, cities, nations, on the global world, world history. What if the Bible were never written? Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about the influence it's had on on politics, on public policy, on general practices, health, uh, on, on education, and so on. So we'll talk about these themes tonight as best we can. Uh, hopefully you'll stay on with us, and we're going to talk, try to answer some of those questions that people have uh, about the Bible. Why do you believe the Bible? Why do you believe it's supernatural? How do you know the Bible is God's Word? Hasn't the Bible been changed through the years, and it can't be accurate, and so on? So we're going to try to touch on some of those, but we invite you, we want you and, and encourage you and hope that you will join with us in this next 90 minutes. And you call it maybe some of your experiences with the scriptures. Maybe you've had some of these questions in the past and that you've read certain books or gathered certain information and that you would like to chime in and talk to us about the in, the impact and the influence of the Bible in your own life and your own experience with it. So our phone number is 210-340-9585. We'll try to give that number with some frequency throughout the next uh, hour and a half so that you can join us, 210-340-9585. And finally, let me just say that this is The Bible Live. We've been reading through and going through the entire Bible from uh, what they call Genesis to the maps, all the way Genesis to Revelation for 20 years now. We've been reading through the Bible most of those years. Now, uh, we've done most of those years. We read through the Bible on the radio here. Just in the last uh, two or three years, we've been we've moved our readings to uh, the internet, so you can go to the Bible Live, or if you leave out the word "the" in the beginning, you can just go to BibleLive.com or thebiblelive.com, and you can go there and you can find the entire Bible there. There are fifteen to twenty minute readings. Uh, that you, we have our schedule, our reading calendar there. You can follow with us, and we read through a reading schedule every year. We're starting again this coming uh, week, uh, tomorrow, <laughs> I should say. Uh, tomorrow, Monday, we start out once more with Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So uh, we're starting brand new now at this time of the year. You can join with us, and as we go through the entire Bible, you'll get a chance to listen and read through the Bible with us. And then here on the weekends, we'll comment on the scriptures we read in the in the prior week. So uh, this week is a little different. We're not going to be commenting on scriptures. Actually, we're going to be talking about the the Bible in general. These uh, programs, but those programs are on the on the website as well. You can go and find those from this past week. Uh, the uniqueness of the Bible, the historical reliability of the Bible, the inspiration of the Bible, the Bible study methods, and what if the Bible were never written? So there we have it. And uh, so let's uh, we've got a big challenge tonight, Stacy, <laughs> to get the these are yeah. these are amazing. Any one of these topics could, in and of itself, be a college course, a seminary course. Uh, and so we're not going to be able to get down in the weeds in every detail. But we will try to give an overview and understanding of all of these different uh, aspects about the Bible and share maybe personally and personally about what uh, our experience with the Scriptures. But we really would love for you to call. 
uh, and feel the freedom to call in and be a part of answering questions, of, of giving your insight and your experiences, and asking questions. Maybe you've had a question about the Bible yeah, I um, think- that we can maybe talk about i think what's yeah and what's interesting so dad for you in your life you started memorizing scripture yeah and you met jesus i mean you came to know the lord probably before really the bible was a big part of your life in terms of memorization so you met the lord then you started memorizing scripture and then you had told me before when we were preparing that it was in college that you began to really even delve into the accuracy, there's all of these things that we're yeah. about to talk about. So it's an interesting. You can come to it on on both sides. You can it can be really personal, personal and meaningful and rich, and then you even and then you on top of it you learn all yeah, of this stuff, yeah. or you might not have ever read it at all in your life, but you've yeah. heard about it so much and. This could be a starting point of, I, I, right. I, we're telling you, I guarantee it is an, a remarkable book worthy of your read, even if mm. just from a cultural yeah. um, point of view or an educational Exactly. Point of view. Even from a historical perspective mm-hmm. or, or cultures and understand. Uh, and we'll talk about this later when we talk about the, the impact of the Bible. I mean, it is said truthfully and, and with accuracy that the Bible is the wellspring of Western yeah. civilization that yeah. that it has flown. And we, we've seen historically for sure that they had a tremendous influence on the formation mm-hmm. of this nation, the United States. The Bible is the most quoted book in the founding documents, mm-hmm. the it's Federalist all Papers, all the of Constitution. All the monuments inscribed. So in many, <laughs> so many. So, yeah, we know. And I'm glad you said that, Stace. I I, uh, most of you know my own particular experience with God and, of course, with the Scriptures. There's uh, a, a, a little Apache Indian baby. A little girl got pregnant out of wedlock. Time came to give birth. She went to the big city of Albuquerque, gave birth to this beautiful, bouncing, genius baby boy. And then she abandoned me at birth. Another lady, a, 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 a fortune teller, she married five times. But she was separated from her third husband when she somehow got possession of this little Apache Indian baby. It might have been uh, some baby selling going on, or maybe she just found me and rescued me. They're not quite sure. Her name was Babe Hawk, and uh, she was a fortune teller with the crystal ball, tarot cards, and the palm reading, that sort of thing. She took me in, kept me for the first five years of my life, passed me around. She couldn't afford to keep me and take care of me of herself. And she was a little unstable in her own personal life, mm-hmm. I think. But she, uh, I, I lived with 16 families before I was six years old. Just passed around. Since my name is Dollar, I always accused her of passing the buck. But mm-hmm. I got passed around a lot. And finally, I landed a home for homeless and delinquent boys when I was five years old, almost six. She put me with, uh, there were 80 other boys living on a, a ranch homeless and delinquent boys, and they took us in, Cal Farley's Boys Ranch up near Amarillo, Texas. And I lived there then from the age 5 to 18, almost, you know, a little over 12 years. Uh, grew up with, it grew to 400 boys by the time I graduated. Uh, 400 hairy-legged, <laughs> undisciplined, wild, testosterone-driven boys, a male-dominated uh, society in West Texas, riding the horses and milking the cows and doing the cowboy thing. Uh, literally, I was an all-around cowboy. I rode bulls and broncs and had great experiences. But the number one experience was when I was uh, seven or eight years old, I, through the influence of the ranch chaplain and one of the older boys at the ranch named Danny Fletcher, 
Uh, I put my faith and trust. I wanted to know God. I heard the gospel message. I invited Jesus Christ to come into my life, and I began to walk by faith. I began to walk now and live as a child of God. And, and, and uh, as Stacy said, uh, incredibly, and, and to my benefit, they started a Bible memory program where we would memorize about 150 to 175 verses every year. And I did that for 10 years. Um, no, I'm sorry about that. It was, a, yeah, but that's right, about 150, 150 to 175 verses every year. And I did that for 10 years, and that's so much Bible memory. And they yeah. taught us the Bible. We knew the Bible. We had Bible baseball, sword drills, <laughs> Bible, Bible story time. We <laughs> played every kind of Bible game. Oh. The Bible, Bible, and we loved it. It was They made it fun, yeah. and we studied through the Bible. I memorized so many great scriptures. Uh, but then when I got in high school, as you said, stayed in college, I mean, finally I began to run into objections and people that didn't believe the Bible. And I began to have my own questions. Well, you know, be question, they would challenge me. Have you, what, what if the Bible isn't God's word? How do you know it's God's word? And so that's when I began my own in, historical investigation and do research papers and find how do we know what do, you know, what, uh, that the Bible is accurate and reliable? How do we know it? Why do we believe it to be supernatural? And that's, so many of these answers are important for us, uh, uh, new believers, young believers, and even older. The, it, it, nothing can encourage you more in your faith than to know that it's really true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it really did happen. It's accurate. Uh, and so that yeah. that had a tremendous impact. And I will tell you this, folks, there are some wonderful books out there right now that you can get, find on the Internet or you can read for yourself and have as a resource. One of those is called uh, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. I, I, would, in, I would encourage any of you, uh, if you'd like to find it's classic. It's now, what, 50 years old probably, yeah, probably. Uh, 50 or 60, but it, it is not, it's not that outdated. You, in other words, it is. It, and it's a very unique book, and it's not just an author going on and on about his ideas and his discovery about the Bible. There is some of that. The author is Josh McDowell, but he wrote it as a compendium in a sense that if you have a student in college or high school and they want to write a paper, it's full of documentation of of, of references and quotes from le- incredible leaders, political, intellectual, university, academia, uh, lots of quotes from leading historians and so on that you can use uh, the the ben- you have the benefit of their research and their conclusions. So it's called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And I would encourage you, if you don't have a copy already, to get that. It will really help you in your walk with the Lord, in your confidence, in your, in your ability to convey uh, and answer those questions about mm-hmm. why we believe the Bible. Another one is called A Ready Defense, which is basically a, a broadening of those things. It's by Josh McDowell as well. But it's a broadening of those immediate things, but it's also an updated version. Uh, they, uh, after the, the, so many years, he, they've reprinted and updated the, some of the information from evidence that demands a verdict. And then finally, uh, by Jay, um, I'm trying to remember that. Gay, um, I'll look at it here. I'll cheat. Jay Grimstead wrote a book called Rebuilding Civilization on the Bible, and it talks a little bit about the impact of the Bible on human history, 
and nations and cultures and civilizations as it has mm-hmm. expanded. So those would like, be great yeah, books for I you to like read. I also like Chuck um, Chuck Swindoll's. Um, I'm not Twitch. I'm sorry. Oh, Chuck yeah. Colson. Chuck Colson's. Colson's. Yeah. Yeah. How how now? Uh, how then shall we how live? How then shall we live? Yeah. And, 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 oh, there's so many. In this last fifty to sixty years, there have been some wonderful. Francis Schaeffer uh, wrote a great, great. Uh, book and compendium uh, about uh, the God who is there, mm-hmm. it's called. And these are all extremely good uh, authors, and intellectually they give deep, profound answers to these questions about the Bible. So I'll, I'll, maybe I can mention those again as we go through this hour. But let's get started. Let's get started here. In our, on the first question of last week, where the first program was about the historical, uh, no, I'm sorry, the uniqueness of the Bible, that it's a, a book like no other book. Uh, it, it's just an astounding mm-hmm. book. Uh, if you've read other, many of your readers, I hope, less and less Americans are readers. Uh, we tend to be going to audio books now. And by the way, let me give that phone number. Thank you, John, for reminding <laughs> me. 210-340-9585. If you'd like to comment, Share your own experience, your insights, your thoughts, or maybe a book or an aid that's helped you come to really appreciate the Bible and its impact on your own life. We don't want to have just simply a cerebral or academic intellectual approach to the Bible. I mean, that's necessary and good, but the idea is not just understand that, but to experience the book, its power, its guidance, and Get to know the author. (laughs) That's the number one thing, to get to know the author of the book, get to know God himself, and get to know him better and better. So 210-340-9585 is our phone number. If you'd like to call anytime, we'd love to take your call. Let's talk about, Stacey, our first topic of this past week was the uniqueness of the Bible. You want to speak to that a little bit? Sure. Well, I think just right right off... um, whether you think it's true or not, I think it, it's probably pretty undisputed that it is unique. It's unique, and in particular, we have seven ways in which it's unique, but um, unique in its authorship, unique in its literary genre, unique in its languages, unique in its teachings, its impact, its circulation, and its survival. And uh, in that way and in all those ways, and we'll talk about kind of each one of those real broadly, mm-hmm. real quickly, but there really is no other book like it. I mean, it, it, is a, it stands alone yeah. in that way. And when you think about it, I mean, these are going to be, if you really do dare to think about these folks, they are astounding. Uh, the, yeah. Just the, the first one alone just kind of leaves me breathless every time I think about it. Yeah. The idea of its continuity, continuity yes. its consistency. Yes. So, yeah, it's written over a span of 1,500 years, 40 different, that's 40 different generations, written by over 40 authors from every walk of life, including kings, peasants, philosophers, fishermen, poets, statesmen, scholars. And <laughs> even a few a, preachers, I think. A few preachers. <laughs> I mean, you're ta- you go from uh, Moses, who's a political figure, he was trained in, in Egypt, was... Uh, a great, probably able to read and write in mm-hmm, multiple languages. Mm-hmm. Peter, who's just a fisherman. I mean, Amos, a herdsman. Luke, a doctor. Solomon, king. Um, Joshua, a military doctor, a, a military um, general. Right. Uh, uh, Written in different places. So many. Solomon, Most, a king. Mm-hmm. 
different, different places, places yeah. wilderness, dungeons, uh, prisons, traveling different times, David's in time of war and times of peace, written different different moods. Some, yeah. I mean, are in the, you've got Jeremiah's, I mean, wailing prophet, and mm-hmm. then you've got David, or in times Solomon, just ecstatic and joyful and praising. And Elijah, some of his messages were written from the depths of depression yeah. when he was fleeing from Ahab and Jezebel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three different continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe, written in three different languages, um, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And now, yet, if you take all of those, yes. all of those factors, and all of those differences over a thousand five hundred years, there's this idea that it's it speaks with one voice. That right. it has a clear perspective of yeah. God, of human beings, of human history, what God is doing, the purpose of human history. Yeah. Uh, there's this consistency all the way through, right. which is astounding. You know, we couldn't get that kind of agreement and consistency in a room full of San Antonians. Right. <laughs> with two <laughs> or, generations. Yeah. Or, yeah, well, well, just, yeah. yeah. Uh, there would be inconsistencies yeah. and disagreements and so on. But oh, it's it's an astounding thing, actually, that, mm-hmm. that, that continuity of the book itself. Right. It's one of the most overwhelming and amazing to me. What else, though? What other ways is the Bible unique? So unique in its circulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what, so it, I guess in, in its circulation, just the number of, throughout history, just the number of, of times that it's been produced and reproduced. We've got some numbers. Let's see. As of now, this was, we took this from probably from that evidence that demands a verdict, which I think mm-hmm, was probably mm-hmm, an mm-hmm. 80s or 90s book. But as of that time, let's see. I mean, and this is. Oh, this is ancient now. But 88 million is from the National Bible Society in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, As of 1804, so I mean, Britain Bible Society, 409 million Bibles produced. Um, as of 1966, the American Bible Association, 87 million. And, and we're not just talking 000. about in English. You, you, right. you, see, these are just some of the books from the Bible societies and the publications and so on. Uh, in English, uh, but you take that uh, Russian and Chinese and Japanese and Taiwan and, and Thailand and, uh, and in Spanish and yeah. uh, around the German, uh, it, it boggles the mind. And these yeah. are just the printed versions. Yeah. Think now about the audio, you know, the tape yeah. version, the recordings and the video versions of the Bible that have now been produced. And online, if you mm-hmm. introduce the Internet into this. It staggers <laughs> the mind. So it's been read by more people and published in more languages than any other book, Barnan. By Barnan, yeah. It, it's, and it's unique in its translation. I just mentioned that idea, all these different languages. Uh, I know it, I know even, well, even the Jesus film, which is essentially the Gospel of Luke place mm-hmm. in film, that has been translated into... Oh, 1,600 languages and dialects yeah. around the world. Just just that one film. But you take all of these books. I was I happened to be in Mongolia in the early 90s when they were uh, they had finished the New Testament in Mongolian and they were working to finish the 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 Old Testament in Mongolian. Uh, and just to see that people, uh, we were we were showing the Jesus film in Mongolian and handing out. Uh, books of the New Testament in Mongolia, and oh, just getting it and grasping and it and hugging it, and oh, just loving the yeah. wow, the book, the uh, yeah. it, it, it's just been uh, that's staggering. It is translations and um, in its survival, mm-hmm. it's unique in its survival. No other book has been attacked uh, as as 
consistently yeah. and as powerfully over the centuries now yeah. as this book. Maybe Which you can talk the to that one, theme. Right. You say unique in its survival. So despite it being banned and burned and people even burned at the stake for translating it or producing you know mm. producing it um it is it it actually only flourished but despite all of those things seemingly you think of it flourishes book? more in the under persecution, persecution of it. than mm-hmm. in which might tell us something as right. as Amer- comfortable yeah. uh rich americans uh, i of, love this one story um, you were you, you were alluding to that uh back in the 1800s and i'm 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 find the um the quote itself in Voltaire, who's a noted French, uh, uh, a noted French atheist, agnostic, who died in 1778. He pre- he predicted that in 100 years from his time, Christianity would be swept from existence and passed into history, and the Bible would no longer be uh, recognized or even you know exist. exist. Uh, but concerning that boast, only 50 years after his death. The Geneva Bible Study, uh, Society bought his home, his mansion that he lived in, and they used it as a place to produce, print stacks of Bibles and distribute Bibles from there all over the world, uh, just 50 years. So it's just a humorous little, in a way, mm-hmm. the idea that it survived through persecution, opposition, criticism, um, higher criticism. What it's called. We'll come back and talk about that. Yeah. Some of you might have heard about the phrase higher criticism. We'll speak to that. Jesus. All right, we are back. Of course, so we'll get to that topic of Jesus, the central character of the entire Bible. Uh, we want to constantly mention that whatever Genesis to Revelation, whatever book you're reading, the, the central character is that, the, that redemptive narrative that God is carrying out in history mm-hmm. to, bring, to reconcile men and women from every culture, every race, every tribe, every language, through all the ages, men, women, children, that redemptive narrative, how God has reconciling men and women to himself through the work of this unique Redeemer, Savior, Messiah mm-hmm. that is mentioned through from beginning to end as well. And that's and one of the unique. Yeah, the, that's uh, one of the uniquenesses as well. Yeah, in his teachings. So we talked about uniqueness of the Bible through what, Stacey? We said... Uh, it's continuity. It's circulation. It's survival. It's, uh-huh. It's... Um, Let's see, criticism? Criticism. We were going to answer the, what we mean by criticism is that uh, over the centuries, uh, p- people have studied, uh, historians, uh, linguists uh, have studied the Bible, and there's there's certain that's called criticism. It's not just being critical of the Bible and like I criticize Stacy or she criticizes me sometimes. I never criticize uh-huh. you, right? No. Uh, no. But but the Bible, the criticism, higher criticism was about dating and time and languages and translations and so on. Does it stand up to critique? Yes. Does it stand up to uh, intellectual inquiry and examination? Mm-hmm. That's and it. It has stood through through centuries and and so much criticism. Yeah. Uh, no other book has been so chopped, no, knived, exactly. sifted, scrutinized, and vilified. What book on philosophy or religion or psychology or belles lettres of classical or modern times has been subject to such a mass attack as mm. the Bible, with such venom and skepticism, with such thoroughness and er- 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 
Erudition upon every chapter, line, and tenet. The Bible is still loved by millions, read by millions, and studied by millions. Oh, yes. And, and, and answers are given. Answers have been, sometimes there were objections and there were questions to ask, and they couldn't be answered at that given moment. Uh, and yet through the, after, yeah. through the centuries, through increased information, increased yeah. examination, yeah. and particularly through archaeology, which we'll talk about in a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, some of these. So the uniqueness in its teaching and its history and its prophecies that were predicted, uh, the personalities of the Bible, uh, so many larger than life, but very, very human, uh, each and every one of them, unique in its influence on surrounding literature, on art, on oh, music. I love that one. I love the idea. Uh, I think one of the quote: uh, "If every Bible in any considerable city were destroyed, the book could be restored in all its essential parts from the quotations on the shelves of the city public library." There are works covering almost all the great literary writers, devoted especially to showing how much the Bible has influenced mm. them. And yes. it's just so charming. Oh, the Bible's and, and, everywhere. And, and works of fiction, great stories, uh, uh, t- you know, To Kill a Mockingbird, and, and, and some of the great, great yeah. stories in literature uh, and through that's history. Only, yeah. And that's just the direct quotes or the direct yeah. um, mentions, not to mention all of the allegories and the metaphors. Oh, and, I, I think I of mean, the Book of Eli with, sure, uh, right, what's yeah. his name, the, the actor? Um, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. If you haven't seen the Book of Eli, it's... It's yeah. about the impact and the power of that book, the Bible, mm-hmm. over this uh, post-apocalyptic uh, world that the, he lives in, and the book of Eli, and how he takes it and, and, and delivers it to the West Coast. You know, he's traveling across the nation. A uh, very, very, very interesting book. Uh, but that, that's the idea, the, the impact of the Bible, the influence over art and history and literature and uh, no other book. Mm-hmm. No and other book the last has had that one I think was the unique in its, well, we kind of talked on it, but in its teachings. And I just oh, wanted yeah. to pause on that one for a moment okay, because ahead. it is, uh, uh, it just spans uh, from, from pro- prophecy to history. I mean, it's such a bold book. And so the number it, of topics it addresses. Right, right. Uh, and, uh, and the Economy, claims, finances, yeah. marriages, relationships, uh, uh, friendships. Mm-hmm. Government politics and even and all through that the boldness that I mean the book claims that it is itself God's word yeah and and it's similar to I mean Jesus's claim Jesus mm-hmm. it's such a bold you you cannot take the book lightly actually mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's not just a good teacher a good man he's a Lord liar lunatic that is the extent that is what Jesus says about himself as he's Lord and that's similar to the book itself the book the Bible says I am God's word so I mean while it is a wonderful study it is a wonderful um, book, I, I think that in in and of itself just makes it so that that's the miraculous part. Is and, and the different kinds of literature. Yes. Uh, and we'll finish with this. This aspect is the there's history. It, it, it tells stories mm-hmm. about in time and space about what happened to this kingdom or this king, that kingdom, this king or that king, the human individual. Mm-hmm. It has instruction and guidance about how to live, how we to treat one another, mm-hmm. and so on. There's poetry. Uh, and and about the 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 emotions about the 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 thrill the joy and even some exhilaration and even sometimes the hardship and the difficulties in in following God and in life and uh, yes so you have all these different kinds of literature mm-hmm. which we can look to as well and, and there's a little bit from for everybody there's instructions like 
you know, our, your brother Sean is, is kind of a nerd. He, he can learn from a manual. <laughs> he can learn how to do that. I can never do that. I have to learn by personal experience. You know, that's why I have a flat forehead from running into all the walls. But you have all different kinds of literature mm-hmm. through those years as well. The uniqueness of the Bible is fascinating. Let's go to the historical reliability of the Bible. And this is a little bit more technical. You, uh, you have to realize, folks, a lot of times people say, and by the way, our phone number is 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. We've said that the Bible is unique, uniqueness of the Bible. Now we're going to talk about the historical reliability of it. Okay. Uh, remember that um, a lot of people say, well, until it's proved scientifically, I'm not going to believe anything that's not proved scientifically. And we've almost made science a a, a false religion, an idol in our times. You know, it, you know, they were talking about the coronavirus. Everybody, we've got to follow the science and follow the scientists. And and don't worry, it's not that the Bible or Christians or me are anti-science. But we have to realize this whole idea. Everything's got to be proved. Most of the aspects of your life, most of the things you believe, cannot be proven right. scientifically. Right. Scientific. Know, it's a very specific. It's very, very difficult. Uh, Most of the evidence and the basis upon which we live our lives from day to day in the practicality is based on history. It's historical evidence. It's what's happened, you know, that week and mm-hmm. this week. Yesterday, the sun came up. There's been something coming up and going down for thousands of years. And uh, likely it's going to come up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or uh, Uncle John sent us a check. It's in the mail. You know, he's given us his word. So, we, so most in the practicality of life, most of life is based on historical um, uh, historical Experience, fact right. uh, mm-hmm. about the witness of testimony, witness of uh, uh, testimony of witnesses. You've mm-hmm. got... Um, the things that happened in the past, the testimony that's been given to us, things we've read in the book that we we believe most of what we believe and live is based on that uh, on that base historical uh, evidence. So the Bible is also a book that has been examined, uh, and there are four different ways I want to mention to you tonight, and we mentioned in our broadcast this past week. You might want to go and listen to that if you'd like. One is bibliographical. Evidence now. The reason I'm saying this: there was a man named C. Sanders. I, Sanders. I can't remember his name. A professor. He he developed these four basic ways that we examine the historicity of any work of antiquity, whether it's uh, uh, the works of, of the Greek or the other Shakespeare, others. How can we determine the historical reliability of that particular text and, and book and 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 um, document? And the bibliographical test is one. That's where you study the transmission of the original to today. Uh, and whether it's Genesis, Exodus, the, the, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, or the, book, the books of the Old Testament, you, you track what has been the history of that transmission from the time it was originally written to through its time of being copied and transmitted, then translated, then copied again. And a lot of people will say, well, oh, there's all these copies that must show the Bible has been invented, been rewritten. But that's, no, that's not true. Ironically, in the bibliographical test, the more extant copies you have, the more, the better your ability to trace back, to trace the historicity and the, and the, the process of transmission of the book. Because through these centuries, Every generation, there'll be different copies, different transmissions, different translations, and you can compare them back, and you can 
you can actually track mm-hmm. the the accuracy. How mm-hmm. much was it really changed wholesale? Yeah. I remember the Dead Sea Scrolls in the nineteen forties that were found, and people thought, "Oh, we were so." The entire Book of Isaiah was found in mm-hmm. entirety, mm-hmm. which took our earliest version of that book of the Bible hundreds and hundreds, maybe a thousand years back, and, and everybody was, "Oh no, we're going to see that the Bible has been changed, and we're going to see the degree." Totally, the absolute, the same. I think there were maybe five or six oh. single word or phrase changes, but they were not different. They were. It, it showed a little bit of the trans. Trans. It showed a little bit the the change of language because uh-huh. language is a very, language is a very amazing thing, and that's another thing I'm in love with. In turn, I used to. Tra- I learned Spanish, translated languages in Europe as, as a translator, and I, language is very, very interesting. And I've been in Russia, Cambodia, you know, China, wherever you go. Uh, it's astounding. It always fascinates me. And that bibliographical test is the one that talks about the transmission through all of those copies and all those those uh, translations. The internal test, uh, comparing text with text internally, is it consistent? Uh, does the eyewitness accounts and, and and there are questions, legitimate questions about it. Sometimes there's a difference. From one book to another, some way you say there were two angels at the pre- at the empty tomb of Jesus. Another version might say, well, there was one angel, and so there has to be. How do we understand that? What what was going on? So uh, you take the internal witness, the, the support, and the internal consistency uh, across from bo- comparing verse with verse, passage with passage. Mm-hmm. Then there's the external test, which d- compares it to other historical materials, meaning um, other books. Other writings, other uh, uh, archaeological finds, maybe. Or well, archaeological is separate, but some of the writings that, for example, the tables that were written by by the Babylonians—I right. forget the man's name now—that would support historically the accuracy of, right. oh yeah, that was what was going on. That was the emperor in that time, and so right. on. So the external is it's comparing the Bible with other historical materials, and then, as you say, archaeology. Mm-hmm. That has been an incredible, beautiful. Uh, that's been greatest in the last, let's say, the last two to three hundred years, when archaeology began, and now it's even getting greater. The mm-hmm. digs all over the world, all over the planet. Uh, but archaeology is another that has shed so much light on the accuracy and the reliability of the scriptures and it's it's makes it the bible unique in its reliability you can trust that text that you have in front of you now more than even ever before and we have some incredibly good modern versions uh american standard new american standard uh, the new living translation uh some of they're they're well now they do and they and they they tell you up front this is the the basis upon the the our translation uh, process that we followed from about language and so on, this is how we've done it and why we translated certain things this way. But um, it, it's just astounding today. Anything you want to add to that, or should we jump to another uh, another aspect? Let's, or should we talk about the inspiration? Um, what, what would yeah. you like? No, yeah, let's go to the inspiration. Okay. Um, I, I think, well, I, don't, I, I guess maybe, or let's pause real quick and... and do you know or what has kind of been your studies in terms of just com- a quick pause and comparison of where the Bible now stands up after all of what we've kind of talked about to something like, um, you know, what are some other early 
writings uh, and books? Shakespeare or the earliest uh, of Josephus or the, you know, the re- I mean, I've heard a lot of times the reliability of the Bible. Like if, if, we, if we compare and we put it to the test, uh-huh. the Bible to what we have of Shakespeare, I mean, there's just... Oh, yeah. I'm I'm looking here in evidence that demands a verdict. Um, They they take a number of different ancient writings, the writings of Caesar from 100 to 44 B.C., uh, how many when it was written, the earliest copy, the time span. Uh, See, that's another aspect of the historicity is Mm -hmm. how much time was there between the events that are written about and the writing. That's why we've emphasized so much when we read uh, the Gospels, for example, that they were written within, within the twenty ten right. to twenty year period yeah. of the very events. There were that's why Paul in the New Testament and some of the Gospel writers, they even say that to you. So many of you were living. You saw mm-hmm. these things that we're mm-hmm. talking about and describing, yeah. uh, and so the time period between the writing, and in that particular case, there were a thousand years between the writings of Caesar. Uh, and the earliest extant copyists, mm-hmm. and they only had ten copies, mm-hmm. and so uh, and so, you know, were they Homer and the Iliad? There were nine nine hundred B.C. There were uh, earliest copy is from four hundred B.C. Yeah. The five hundred years uh, time span, the difference, and then only six hundred and forty three copies. You contrast that, look, for example, with the New Testament. The New Testament was written uh, from forty to one hundred A.D. The uh, earliest copy is 125. I actually, I think they're being a little, um, I, they're being quite generous there. Actually, the earliest copies are quite earlier than that. Time span probably 10 to 15 to 20 years. They say here 25, mm-hmm. and and over 24,000 wow. copies. Yeah. Uh, from and and you can, I used to know the names. I could rattle the names from the copies that are in the Vatican and this, right. the Vaticanus and this one and that one. And you can read these good books. Uh, that I've talked about, and they will give you a lot of details about these extant copies, the other copies that exist, and comparing them with the Sophocles, uh, Lucretius, Mm -hmm. uh, other historians, Aristotle. You can Pliny the Younger, other historians and writers. And and the Bible, you'll you'll go, wow, we have... We are a wealth right. of, of information and about when the you're, When you're taking the same standards and applying it to yeah. this verse, and which has the Bible always passes in passes flying in colors, colors. Amazing. And you can trust that. You can yeah. know that. You can yeah. <laughs> and it's good for us to know because yeah. it doesn't mean just believing the Bible is accurate. And it doesn't mean you know, you're going to heaven or anything. We're talking about the the confidence you can have right. in that fundamental basic message and, and, and the direction that mm-hmm. the Bible shares with us. So th- that's, that's, let's move to the inspiration. How do we know, though, even though we know it's accurate, and, and these, do, these themes do overlap, but why do we consider it to be supernatural? Not mm-hmm. just historically accurate and reliable that we, these guys wrote this and we've got what they wrote <laughs> and this why, is what they said. I think that's- why we do yeah. <laughs> in large part. Why do we it's think accurate. it's God's it's word? And part of this is already kind of overlapped that we get the sense that even that divine, even that supernatural consistency and it's accuracy is divine. But uh, right. no, w- when we talk about the inspiration, uh, the, the, we talk about two things, the process, and we've already talked a little bit about that, and the evidence. I, I'm just going to mention five ways and you can respond to them. One is that very consistency. That's supernatural. I mean, that 
that's astounding that that mm-hmm. consistency of message and perspective of who God is, what God is like, uh, his attributes and so on, and, and the redemptive plan and what the Bible says about human beings, the consistency of that viewpoint is, is astounding. And then there's uh, the predictions in the Bible, the prophecies that hundreds of times the prophets uh, would speak or the writers would speak to future events. And, and in every case, those were 100% completed, fulfilled perfectly and accurately, except there are a few still out there that are waiting to be fulfilled. Uh, you know, the end times and, and the second coming of Christ and things like that. But incredibly, uh, these the Bible itself even references that. God says, how are you going to know if one prophet from another prophet, if the prophet says everything, something's going to happen and it doesn't happen, he's not from me. It must that prediction, that prophecy. And there are hundreds of these predictions, uh, some of them about the Messiah himself, messianic predictions, others about wars and uh, about times of peace, about plagues, about uh, inherited those who would next want to be on the throne, the rising empire, and so on. We looked at some of those in the book of Daniel just two week, two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So you've got consistency, predictions. You, the Bible has the ring of truth. It, you know, if you read it, it's unlike the Sanskrit from from India. It's like other, unlike other books of the science fiction. It it doesn't read like a fairyland fairy tales. Sure, yes, we can't escape the fact there are supernatural elements, things that happen that are supernatural. Uh, but if you don't just say because it says something we don't understand today or supernatural happened, doesn't mean it didn't happen. So, but the point is it. It's always in context with a reason in its moment, and, in and it's believable. And space, right. It has time that ring of truth to it. Yes, <laughs> the way people live, the way people behave, and then of course Jesus, the Messiah, uh, the the this Messiah who came. What he said about the Bible, what he said about the book, uh, what he believed and and proclaimed, mm-hmm. and then finally the Bible changes lives. So many people have given their testimony. I know so many. A wonderful friend of mine, a lawyer, top lawyer across Texas and here in San Antonio, talks about reading, uh, picking up a Bible from one of the hotel rooms, one of those Gideon Bibles. Oh, yeah. He was on the, uh, he was depressed, on the brink of wanting mm-hmm. to kill himself, and so and, and he read that, and it and it changed his life. It mm-hmm. gave him hope. It gave him uh, faith mm-hmm. to take that step of trust God and to stay in. And his life has been just a phenomenal life. So, and, and there's every life out there. If you're listening to this, you could tell us about how God's word and the message of the scriptures changed you. And, and I've heard that and seen that around the world now, 35, 40 countries of the world for 50 years. Uh, the Bible, that that supernatural element uh, that explains how, why, how and why it changes lives uh, and therefore changes the world. Because changed lives are what changed the world, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's hurry on. We're we're just about. We can move on. Anything else to add to that, Stace? I mean, I'm. Oh, it's just when you were. There's so much you could say. Testimony. But. Have you have you read the um, I Dare to Call Him Father? Bill, Bill Key, she, she, I've heard know, of that book, but I don't get. I don't. Oh, I guess it, when you just talked about changed lives, that was one of the testimonies. I dare that came to, to. I, I love the title him. because oh, being an orphan, yeah. I dare. Uh, that sure. was what changed and, my life yeah. was the idea that God would become my father. Right, and that is so powerful with so many. And, and she was uh, Muslim, and that was. Oh, uh, yeah, I makes know. me cry. <laughs> it does me too. Yeah. <laughs> but she. Um, had a, a series of dreams in which she wasn't sure who it was, but hindsight, it, she knew it was Jesus. And 
um, she got a hold of a Bible, and which was very hard, and she kept it secret, kind of. And um, but it was she. She just oh, the, the Gospels. Those. She couldn't get enough of this man Jesus, and. I love um, those stories. When her grandson got sick, she kind of found the courage to actually go to the... I, I'm not sure if I'm saying it exactly correctly, but basically she, she just knew that her dream was Jesus. And then the Bible just affirmed that, and then and she eventually gave her life to the Lord. And I mean, it's just, it, it is. It's really... Um, there's some wonderful really websites because, about people's... Uh, you can just Google M- Muslim mm-hmm, conversions. Yeah. And it, the stories of many women from around the world and right. in, 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 in other countries and here, mm-hmm. how they came to know yes, the God of the Bible. Because it is so hard for missionaries or mm-hmm. for the for that to penetrate in that culture. And um, and so, but but God still works. He he came uh-huh. to her in a dream. <laughs> I remember being and in Kazakhstan, and we were we were I was there singing and speaking in universities and hospitals and so on for uh, a few weeks there in the early nineties. And uh, after we had been speaking and singing and showing the presenting the Jesus film in different locations yeah. in that city mm-hmm. of Karaganda. We got a, a call from the local imam mm-hmm. from the mosque, the, mm-hmm. and, and he said, "Could you please come show the Jesus film in our mosque?" And they had this amazing um, uh, development in those years. It was called the Messianic Mosque. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and that that wow. was something that was going on way back then. And of course, nowadays, of course, it's even uh, online. One of the greatest, most powerful ministries, even that Campus Crusade for Christ has, mm-hmm. besides our ministry here in San Antonio with the <laughs> United States Air Force and trainees, is the number of inquiries. Our online internet ministries. Uh, we, one of our San Antonio friends uh, from San Antonio, and one of the families we know and love, their son came on staff with Campus Crusade and works in the mm-hmm. in the uh, in the there's a room where they have computers set up and they answer, they receive emails and requests and, and, and they're one of the greatest flow of questions and inquiries about Christ and the, come from the Muslim world. It's yeah. just, it's really amazing. It's astounding. Yeah. Oh yeah. There we are. The inspiration, the changing lives of the Bible. Well, now we come to the final two areas and we can get to these in just in our third segment. We're going to give you, I'm going to give you a hint. And maybe Stacy can give a little bit of her experience, and maybe you can call in and tell us. We need to get some calls from you now about the Bible and what it means to you and how you've experienced its power. 210-340-9585. We'd love to hear from you men and women and young persons and young people, boys and girls. Give us a call, 210-340-9585. We're going to talk a little bit about now how to study the Bible, some ways that can help you in in, in in their fun ways that will give Matt more interest, I think, add more interest to your Bible study time. So we'll come back with that here on The Bible Live. Don't go away. And Stacy, darling. <laughs> give you a little double billing there, Stacey. This is our final segment. Thanks for joining with us, folks, here on The Bible Live. We've been walking through tonight uh, our special series of programs just this past week. Uh, We did it because we wanted to kind of scooch. (laughs) We wanted to scooch our Bible readings back a week so that we start the book of Genesis tomorrow night, uh, November the 9th. We'll start with Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. 
and we will read through the entire Bible this coming year. I hope you'll join us. All you got to do is go to thebiblelive.com, click on uh, our podcast, go down to, uh, and we have our full schedule through the year that we're going to be reading, and you can just, let's read through the Bible together. Uh, This week it'll be Genesis 1 through probably about chapter 21, and we'll read Psalm Psalms 1 through 5. Uh, we read the Psalms and the Proverbs as a separate segment of our reading called the Wisdom and Worship segment. And so we'll read Psalm 1 through 5 in Genesis chapters 1 through 21 or 22, I think it is. So please, yeah, join us. Try it once. Go there, click on it. You can hear uh, each uh, 15 to 20 minute Bible reading. Now, it, there's, it is a podcast of our radio broadcast, so uh, you hear intros that are interesting, we hope, and helpful and encouraging, and some commentary. But if you want to just fast forward right to the Bible reading and don't want to hear that soapy dollar, you know, whatever, it's not very much anyway that we do. But the, most of the entire program is the reading of the Scripture. So you can jump right to it and hear Genesis 1 uh, through 3 or 1 through 4 the first night. And after that, we'll just read and we'll get to chapter 21 or 22, I believe. So come read through the Bible and listen through the Bible with us as we go through it. And then on Sunday nights, we'll get a chance to comment upon it, talk about it, discuss it, answer questions, ask questions, and give your experiences insights as well as we make our way through the Bible together. I hope that you might consider joining us. You can also find the same podcast, the same programs, if you uh, w- uh, click into the AM630, the word, um, am630theword.com uh, our, our KSLR uh, broadcast station here and you can go there and find go under podcast and then scroll down to the Bible Live and you can hear the Bible Live reading programs they're listed there as well or you can go to the Bible Live uh, show on Sunday nights the program here So, uh, and you can review some of the things that we've been sharing here on the program tonight or any of our other Sunday night broadcasts that's the way. Let's let's. I would invite you to join with us and make your way through the scriptures. Maybe you've wanted to ride, read through the Bible for years and never been able to do it. Well, let's just go through it together. Take take fifteen or twenty minutes every day. Hear the reading, and only five days a week, Monday through Friday. We'll give you weekends off. <laughs> let you listen to your pastor and and then your own independent study, or perhaps, but uh, five readings a week. 15 to 20 minute reads and we make our way through the whole bible in this coming year join with us if you miss one you can go go back and pick it up and catch up or if you want to get ahead you know just just get let's get through the bible together this year now we've got two more segments that we're covering this week we talked about the uniqueness of the bible the historical reliability of the bible the inspiration of the bible why we believe it to be god's word supernatural in sourcing and now we talk about some unique bible study methods this is just a practical thing uh, that yeah if you want to just pick up the bible and put your finger down and study it and go oh that verse or that book or that chapter you can do that and and it could yield some results for you uh you all know about the pastor one time that was going to follow that he's just going to stick his finger down in the bible and so he opened the Bible up, and he stuck his finger down and said, Okay, God, I want you to guide me. He looked at the verse and said, And Judas went out and hanged himself. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, no, that can't, that can't be it. So he flips over a few oh, pages, no. and he says, It's got to be something different than that. And he put his finger down on the uh, book in the page again, and he looked at it, and he says, uh, Go thou and do likewise. <laughs> 
oh, no, he can't be there. And so he did it one more time. He flipped over and said, Lord, you really got to speak to me this time. What is it? He puts his finger down and it says, whatsoever thou doest, do quickly. <laughs> so, you know, you want to be careful a little bit about just opening the Bible and putting your finger down and say, oh, God's going to speak to me through this verse. Uh, you know, the... It isn't a book like that. When we got God speaks God's word, it isn't like it says uh, go do this, do that. You know, step by step in every time instruction. These are these are the experience of others. It's God's interaction. God spoke to people. He acted in their lives, in their families, and it, and we read of their experiences and we gain gain and glean. Then, as we read through the scriptures, we glean a picture and understanding of who God is, what He's doing. What is human nature, what human beings are like, and how God deals with us and the redemptive plan that, that God has for us to know him and to experience him in our lives and to influence and share that, that good news with others. So Bible study methods. I would say first there's one called uh, bibliographical, a biblica- bibliographical study. And you can set up a file and just put give every, every divider, give it or every folder, the name of a book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. And you just, uh, as you read through the Bible, you could just keep your note sheets if you want to, your notes and your ideas and the thoughts that come to you. Or you can do it more in-depth, and you can get out some of your Bible study book. You can glean things from Bible study fellowship. If you study the book of uh, Jonah or this other book, a uh, wonderful Bible study organization in here in our city, been active for decades, Join a Bible Bible study fellowship group for men and women, and, and you can do that and study book by book. That's I, one of my most wonderful studies I remember was uh, I wrote a paper on the book of Jonah and mm-hmm. got into the historicity of it and when Jonah and where he was and what was the location of Nineveh and where he was buried, his tomb. And, and it, it, just, it was just fascinating to go into the details of the book, uh, of of. of uh, what happened there, what the record of it in the historical setting and so on. And and by the way, you've got different, there's some wonderful tools. Of course, online, you can, there are so many references on Bible. You can, on almost any question or any book, you can go to, and there's so many re- resources. There's the Croft references in your own Bible. If you look in the margins of your Bible, there are other verses listed that say cross-reference this verse with this other verse, and you kind of get a sense of that. How comparing verse to verse, chapter to chapter, uh, you have cross-references, you have concordances. A concordance uh, that is a, a book that helps you to, it goes through an analysis of different passages. A Bible dictionary uh, is another book, and maps, and especially maps. Sometimes we disregard the geographical aspect mm-hmm. of the Bible, where things happen, why the, what were the trees, what were the what was the setting in which these things t- took place? Uh, then there are Hebrew and Greek lexicons. You can you can get the Bible in Hebrew and Greek, uh, and you can get an interlinear version of the Bible. I, I love my Greek interlinear. It, it has English on one line and, and the exact Greek underneath it, and you can study. And you can get the Hebrew and the Greek uh, dictionaries, and you can study the meanings the different me- gr- meanings of different Hebrew and Greek words. It's as deep as you want to get. There's all kinds of resources for you. But bibliographical is one type of study where you, where you take a book like the book of Acts or the book of Matthew or whatever book. You might want to start off with a little book like Jude. It's just one, <laughs> just 25, 24 verses. Start off with that one book. It, 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 you know, just kind of get your beak wet a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then there's a biographical study 
which is different individuals. Uh, have you ever studied an individual in the Jack Bible like Jackson, Ruth yeah, or? Yeah, Chuck Swindoll had that series on uh, Moses. Yes. The book on Moses and the book on. Chuck um, is David. really good at it. He does um, yes, character studies does. on David, I yes, know. Yes. And, and others, yeah. And um, I remember reading those in high school and it was mm. Biographical studies uh, of individuals and their lives and their times and their backgrounds and their experiences and the transformation of their lives and their mm -hmm. teachings, what they wrote, and their impact of their life and death and how they died and so on. Those can be so insightful and helpful. Mm -hmm. And you can just you start an yeah. alphabetical file, yeah. A, A and B, C, and you can add them and stick. You know, those are your dividers, and you put in the atom, and you put in another one. Uh, Amos. Paul and you, oh. Moses. <laughs> uh, who did you say? Amos. <laughs> <laughs> Amos. Obadiah. You, know, you can uh, any of these uh, that you can do. What's follow so the biographical fun, study. Uh, what's so fun about that one too is that you know you do feel like you get to really know them, and then someday you will actually meet them. Yes, <laughs> I, that, I was just thinking of that. One of the things to remember, uh, and, and I think something that might help you about our website too is that when you go to hear the readings, every week there, there, there is a group of about, I'd say 25 to 40 different books, different uh, questions that I that have written there that we've used through 20 years now, yeah. question and answers. So you, if, after you've read, listened to a certain reading this week, Genesis 1 through 22, there's a group of questions that you can go through, and they ask you, well, you know, about Adam, they ask you questions about Eve, they ask you questions about the serpent, they ask you questions about the fall, uh, the Tower of Babel, about the flood of Noah, and, and it, it helps you kind of review and, and, and have fun answering questions about what you've read as well. That's another aspect of our Bible Live website that you might enjoy is the question and answers. So that's bibliographical, then biographical, and finally, the well-known Bible study method of topical studies. Almost any topic, finances, health, concerns, um, prayer. Yeah, prayer, uh, social issues, moral issues, politics, government. I mean, you can take any of those. And what does the Bible say about government? What does the Bible say about personal finances, about, uh, about church, uh, about you know, just almost any topic you want? And you can go and, and study that, particularly in, in the Bible dictionaries, in the concordance. You can look up that theme, or even online, you can look up that theme, and there'll be articles and things that you can read. Bibliographical, biographical, and topical. Uh, those are three ways of Bible study methods, and you can set up easily a Bible study file and have those three sections. Uh, and just, if, here's the thing to do. And what I discovered is that what I discovered is I was studying the Bible. I, I was hearing sermons. I was reading the Bible. I was studying the Bible my whole life. Mm -hmm. But what happened is I got to a certain age, maybe in my early 30s, and I realized, wow, all of that study and all those things I've learned, but I don't have it written down. I didn't, I didn't keep it so I could now preserve it and I could, I could pass it on to others. I didn't have it in in a form that I could use it maybe in a sermon or mm -hmm. in a Bible study or something. Mm -hmm. And so the thing to do is get this little Bible study file set up early so you just start dropping your gleanings of the Bible study into yeah. it and over the years. And then it comes time you want to do something on the Holy Spirit. You go to your file on the Holy Spirit and you, you can look at the things you've learned and you can make up 
maybe an outline of a presentation or a study. Yeah. So the earlier you start some kind of a Bible study file, even if you do it on online, if you keep uh, if you t- keep uh, PDF copies of articles and <laughs> and things that yes. or, or pages that you've that you've uh, um, copied and you can keep. Mm-hmm. So even if you do an online uh, filing system, you can use the bibliographical, biographical, and topical approach to studying the Bible. Okay, now. Stacy, what would the world be like if the Bible had never been written? Now, we, we don't mean we can all talk to our personal life and experience and what a difference it would have made. But let's talk first broadly about if, if Moses had not written out in the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, if he had not written the Torah, mm-hmm. if, if others had not written down the books of First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings and Chronicles, and if those had not been written in a record of them given out, and mm-hmm. the Book of Ruth and, and all the historical books, the Psalms, the Proverbs had not been gathered by David and Solomon, and, and this this book that we have that records uh, God, the God who is there, mm-hmm. entering into history, into history, speaking and acting, involving himself in the affairs of men and nations, and causing a record of at least partially of the experience that men and women had with God, uh, that has so enriched us and uh, given us such a powerful basis Mm -hmm. and has had a powerful influence on almost all of human experience. And we were before talking about about the intellectual world. Uh, We talk talk about books and storytelling. Almost so many stories have a redemptive element to them that is borrowed. All of the music, all the music, from the Hallelujah chorus to, you know, some of the things that we (laughs) listen to on the radio here. (laughs) Little choruses of praise and Jesus loves the little children. All the little children. Remember the story of Little Tree that you heard when you were a little girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the the music and and the art. How about art? I remember living in Spain and across Europe. We'd go into these great, uh, the, the great museum uh, there in the British Museum there in London and, and other places. We'd see these incredible works of art, and so many of them inspired by biblical mm-hmm. themes and the and Moses and mm-hmm. and the great prophets and Jesus the Messiah yeah. and, and their so on. idea. I mean, of, of, mm. of beauty and mm. there. I, I know this is Peter Kreeft, one of my professors. I don't know if I've mentioned this quote before, but he always says, "Beauty is the child from the marriage of truth." And goodness, and so we get beauty not by trying to go after beauty. We get beauty by going after truth and goodness. And by default, if you are both true and good, it will we be beautiful. We see and experience beauty. Yeah. Yes. Wow. And, uh, yeah, He's a I great was, professor. He was, uh, Is I, he gone now? No, no. I okay. said, I'm sorry. I say was just because he was was my professor, mm-hmm, <laughs> and he's not mm-hmm. now. But no, he's still. I think he's still teaching at Boston College, um, philosophy. But he, um, yeah, so, I mean, when you think of scripture, I guess not having a written down a a book for us, boy, I mean, I don't think we would, I don't think that we would still have creation, we would still have evidence of his truth and his goodness, Um Oh, yeah. But nature is full of right. uh, nothing in, in the scriptures contradicts the witness of nature. And, and the Bible even speaks in Romans mm-hmm. one and two mm-hmm. and other passages about uh, Psalm eight, mm-hmm. um, 
Psalm 139, it talks about we see the witness of the moon, the sun, the moon, the stars, the seasons, the wind, the sea, the ocean, the power. And we would still have oh, oratory. Yeah. I mean, we would still be able to speak to personal testimony. I just uh, And I seek I, God. Uh-huh. And, and mm-hmm. in fact, I, I think of as a Native American. I think of the uh, uh, Apaches and Navajos and, and so on who lived on this land, you know, five, six hundred years ago. They didn't know about Jesus and the Bible, and but they had the witness of nature. And they could seek after God and long after God, and by faith, trust in that God knows them and loves me. Looks, nature is, nature is so obviously yeah. made for our benefit, for yeah. our blessing, the food, the provisions, and so and on. So the, the message him. is there. Uh-huh. What mm-hmm. the Bible does is make it more specific, more concrete, and expand what we can know about God. Right. It's beautiful. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I get a little uh, <laughs> emotional about that, but. Yeah, no, um, and it, it it really is. It's God. I mean, it, it is God's God's gift to us. He knew we needed it, and I think, um, not just for our blessed assurance, not just for our benefit in terms of mm-hmm. um, setting up governments and science and understanding of anthropology and mm-hmm. of sociology and of all theologies, <laughs> but. Um, also, then, just the, the the building block to to be able to. I mean, it is that kind of the cornerstone. Oh well, it's the what you said about civilization, the um, the of civilization, the yeah, the, the, wellspring the, the wellspring of Western wellspring. civilization. Yes. And, and take that for example. If 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 the idea of a good and loving God. Let's take one of the major principles. What the Bible says. Uh, frankly, you don't get much more profound than this simple. This little thing called the four spiritual law, God, God is there. The God who is there, the creator, loves you and offers a wonderful plan for our lives. That, that's law number one of the four spiritual law booklet. And they sound so simple, but they're very profound. The next one says, but the, the problem is, why are most people not experiencing God's love and his power in their lives? It's because man is sinful. And this basic principle of the fact that Human beings have an irre- irrevocable, irresistible tendency to selfishness and sin. Now, I've never heard anyone in all these years of ministering the gospel all over the world, talking with students and young people and older people, no one disputes that. Right. Because it's we all, it. <laughs> we've all lived it, and we all know that everybody in our family lived it. Yes. We all have that, it, we have that irre- irresistible, irrevocable tendency to selfishness and sin and fears and biases and, and, and so on. And, and, and it's just all, that is what the Bible calls the sin nature, the old nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that very idea that we are not just good and getting better, right. as some some philosophies have said, human beings are good and we're getting better. Uh, we're not. We, we are sinful, fallen human beings, and we need a Redeemer, a Savior. And we can be tra- the answer is transformation. Mm-hmm. And and um, we can be transformed. We can become new. New. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things become new. We become a new person in Christ. So uh, that very concept, though, if you take it out to, that's why our founding fathers put checks and balances in our governmental system. They knew. We knew that. Although you know, a lot of people want well and they want right. Let's say, but we all have that tendency to selfishness and sin so they built checks and balances on human nature that would that 
alleviated and mitigated the impact of the the sin nature in right. a society in a community while at the same time preserving the sinner i think that that's the beauty and that is exactly mm-hmm. what exactly. jesus came to do was he we were doomed to death i mean that is the wages the consequences the natural progression of sin and and selfishness is chaos and death and he wanted that to be mm-hmm. eliminated while preserving the person. Right. God so, loves us, right. the problem of sin, so and then the solution right. in Jesus the right. Messiah. Yeah. And uh, but how do you satisfy both that justice and love, which we need both? <laughs> it's that's and right. That, and, the, and the answer was, is Jesus. And I think that that's when he said, Father, I think that's one of the sweet things about um, our uh, our government. I mean, mm-hmm. ideally, what it was meant was decentral. You want wherever there is a need for justice to be served, you want that justice to be served by someone that you believe loves you. Mm-hmm. At least mm-hmm. I know I need justice, but if it could just come from the hands of somebody that I know that actually loves me, mm-hmm. that'd be a lot. And that's what Christ did for us. And, uh, and I'm a little wary of those commercials nowadays. So you get what you deserve. And I go, oh, oh man, no. I'm not sure I want what I deserve. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, right. Well, and I just think that that's the beautiful uh, about mm-hmm. a family and about a parent, a father, a church, a community where you can be held accountable and yet and, and loved. Yeah, yes. And that that is. It's the amazing thing about grace. That's mm-hmm. why they call it amazing grace, right? Yeah. Is that he loves us. Oh, that is so, so good. And, and I don't know that that would have been able to survive generations without it being codified. Mm-hmm. And so I guess when we talk about the importance of the Bible and if um, that, that it is, it's codified, it's mm-hmm. something that we can take and like yeah. our constitution. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, the live. Bible isn't a final, conclusive and... Uh, uh, the final and, and, and what can I say? The total uh, revelation about who God is and what He's done and what He's done. Because frankly, the same God of the Bible is still active today, uh, changing nations and changing lives and people. And there are incredible testimonies and stories of people and communities and families being transformed through the relationship with God. And, and someday, I think that's what. Heaven is going to be a lot about. That's why we're going to take forever. Is we're all going to add, we're going to get to add our story. Dad. Yeah, I'm our story kidding. gets added to all of what God is doing. But we have this right now, this this powerful book that tells us who God is, what He's doing, and how we can know Him. And that that's just what we want. We want to invite you to go through that book with us this coming year, folks. TheBibleLive.com. And uh, we read Genesis, the first chapters of Genesis this week. So join with us. We'll see you back here next Sunday evening. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. 
You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. 